Yo, welcome. Glad you're here. Glad you could be here. Glad you are a part of tonight. My name is Caleb. Uh, I am the student pastor here, and I'm going to speak just a little bit to you, and then we are going to get some Nerf guns, and we are going to ruthlessly snipe each other with these Nerf guns. Cool? Sound good? Anyone? Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, all right, good, good, good. Great, great. At first I was like, am I in a room by myself? And I'm not. Thank you for being a part of tonight. Hey, here's what you need to understand also, is I'm going to speak to us um, a little bit about baptism. And tonight, um, I'm going to kind of talk about what baptism is and, and when you should be baptized. And then next week, here's what you got to understand. Next week, um, we're going to have this night we call our block party, which is our end of, a, end of summer um, party, <coughs> and we <laughs> get like like knocker ball, which I don't know if you know what knocker ball is. It's where you wear the big inflatable things, and then you like run into each other and bounce all over the room, and you don't get hurt, and it's super fun. And then we have like a mechanical bull outside that's going to be out there. Um, that Just so you know, I'm the champion bull rider, and so if you want to challenge this, then show up next week. Um, and then we also have like inflatable obstacle course. The Kona ice truck will be out there giving free ice cream cones, just slinging some ice, and then uh, we'll have a wipeout option. Like, we're going to have just so much cool stuff. But before we do any of that next week, the coolest part of the, of, of the night, I think, is that we get to come in here and we get to celebrate some people who have placed their faith in Jesus and who want to walk that out in obedience, and we get to baptize them. And we will baptize them in this baptistry right here, right in this place, your parents are invited, your family is invited to come and just celebrate. And then we're just going to have a party afterwards. And it's going to be such a fun night. But before we get to that, I want us all to be clear on what baptism is. Now, here's what you understand. As I'm talking and as, as I'm reading from God's Word, I believe that in these moments, the Holy Spirit works in us to help us understand God's Word, to help us understand what's, what He has for us, not what I have for you, but what He has for us. And, and if you're in here and you're like, man, I feel like, like, I feel like the Lord is leading me as a believer in Jesus to be baptized because I want to walk that out in obedience. Up on these slides, is just, there's like three slides that have it. It's a QR code. And what that is, is if you scan that with your phone, I love technology, if you scan that with your phone, it actually takes you to a form where you can fill out the whole baptism form. And so at any point tonight, if you're like, you know what, I, like, I, I think the Lord's calling me to do this, um, then I would encourage you to scan it, and there's, and there's some stuff that you get to fill out that we want to talk with you about um, for next week, if, if that's what the Lord's calling you to do and if you're a believer in Jesus and you've not been baptized, then I would say, hey, I believe the Lord is calling you to be baptized. Um, but that's, that's on you. And so if you're in here and you're like, but I don't have a phone, well, you can also get it on the website. And you can go home and say, Mom, Dad, here's what God has like really kind of spoken to me and laid on my heart that I want to be baptized. And can you help me fill out the form? Um, can you help me access that? And so just so you know, that's what you have the option of doing. I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to speak to us for a little bit, and then we're going to roll, if you pray with me. God, we love you so much. 
We are so thankful to be here in this place, in your presence. God, thank you for my friends that could come tonight. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to worship you and to learn from you and to learn about you. And God, I ask um, that you would just move um, just powerfully in these moments, or that you would bring um, <coughs> a clarity and a level of understanding uh, of your scripture and of what your word says, and God, that you would um, just give me clarity of mind and of heart as I communicate um, or kind of what you've laid on my heart, and Lord, that you would just be, um, you would just be evident, or that your presence would be evident. We know that you're here always, but Lord, would you just open our eyes to it? Um, and God, would um, you help us to learn from you? And, and God, would, would you change us and would you protect us? Uh, would you bless our friendships and our relationships? Would you build new friendships among us tonight? God, would um, it just be a time of joy and of blessing as we sit in your presence? We love you and we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> All right, so here's the thing about baptism. If you're in here and you're like, man, I know nothing about even what that word means. Uh, maybe some of your friends are even that way, that they're out in the world and in school or in your neighborhood, and they have no idea what baptism is. Here's what you need to understand. It's kind of a weird thing. Like, baptism is, is abnormal in our culture and in our world. Like, no other <laughs> culture or, or religion... Uh, I don't even like to call Christianity a religion because it's really not. It's, it's about a relationship. But there is no other uh, religion or culture or institution that is doing baptism the way that the body of Christ does baptism. In fact, as a Christian, it's what sets, it's one thing that sets you and I apart from the rest of the world. Now here's why we do this. In Matthew 28, you see this example. Jesus um, is about to go back into heaven. He's died on the cross for sin. He paid for sin. The veil was torn in the temple where the separated man from being in the presence of God just to signify that like, hey, anyone who knows Jesus as Savior can be in the presence of God. And so Jesus has died. He rose again three days later and he gets his disciples and his disciples are just people who say, Jesus, I believe that you are God and that you did that and I want to follow you. And so these guys have been following him and Jesus gathers his disciples together in Matthew 28. And Matthew records this, and this is what he tells them. Here's why we do baptism. Here's why we do something that's totally different. Here's what he says. He says to them, he says, All authority has been given to me on heaven, in heaven and on earth. He says, guys, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over all. I have, I'm all powerful. I'm over everything. He says, go therefore, because of this, Go and make disciples of all nations. He says, because of this, go and tell people about who I am and tell them to follow me. He says, and here's how you're going to do it. Here's how you're going to go and you're going to make disciples. He tells them two things. He says, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, and this is so important, he says, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And remember... And you got to know these guys are like, whoa, Jesus, you're leaving? And he's like, yeah, yeah. But just remember, I'm with you 
always. That I'm never leaving you, I'm never forsaking you, I'm with you to the end of the age. And by with us, he says, man, like, I'm I'm, going to give you my Holy Spirit that's going to live in you, God in you, and and, and I'm going to be with you all the time. And so he tells these people, he says, hey, here's what I need you to do. I need you to baptize people, and then I need you to teach people to walk with me. Now, here's what's important, students, for you to understand. There's a reason he tells them to baptize and then to teach. Because the baptism that he's talking about is signified through water, but what it represents is an identity change. He tells the disciples, he says, I need you to go out and I need you to tell people about who I am and then tell them that they are a new creation in me, that they, are, they become a child of God, that they are now in my kingdom. He says, and then I want you to teach them how to walk with me. Then I want you to show them their identity in me and then I want to teach them how to walk with me. And so what baptism then actually looks like, like how Jesus actually demonstrated it, it's when a, a, a person would get into water and by another follower of Jesus would be totally submerged in the water. So a totally dry person would get into a bucket of water like this because they follow Jesus and they know Jesus. And another person who knows and follows Jesus would baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And here's this picture. is that when they would come up, they'd be completely soaked. And it's this picture of what happens to the believer when they come to know Jesus. See, when you come to know Jesus, the way that Jesus describes a relationship with Him, the way that Jesus has impacted my life and my own testimony, the way that your leaders would say, hey, here's how Jesus has affected me, is He changes every part of you. That every part of you is is affected. And so he says, so you'll demonstrate this. You get to physically demonstrate what's happened in you spiritually through a water baptism. That you'll go in completely dry, completely unaffected by water. And then you'll go under the water, and you'll come back up out of the water, and you'll be completely soaked by the water, completely changed. There won't be a part of you that is unaffected by this dipping and pulling out of the water. And here's the thing about getting wet, is when you are dry, you can get wet instantly. But when you are wet, you can't go back to being dry just whenever you want. That there is not a reverse on the wetness. And it's the picture of the gospel having its effect on the human heart. He says, man, the work of Jesus in you and me should be something that, that, that changes us completely. And continually, that it's not something that we can just reverse. It's not something that we can just go back, but it's something that can happen just like jumping into water. That we come to a saving faith in Jesus, and in those moments, instantly, Jesus begins to work and do a work and sanctify is what it's called, to be more like him. Jesus says, man, I'm calling you to go out and to baptize people as they come to know me, that they would be the physical demonstration of what I'm doing to them internally and spiritually, that they would not be the same, but they would be different. And then, I want you to teach them how to then walk with me in their new identity. And he tells these disciples this. And so get this. His disciples go out and do it. Like they actually go out and they begin to do what he tells them to do. And then in Acts chapter 2, 
Peter, who's one of the main guys who's following Jesus, he goes out and he preaches this epic sermon. <clears throat> and so the Holy Spirit comes on the disciples and they now have the power of God in them. And if you're a believer in Jesus, you need to know that he's given you his Holy Spirit and you have the power of God in you. And so he gives the power of God to them and they, he, they begin to preach the gospel and the news of Jesus and people come and they hear the gospel and this is what he says. This is how he concludes this sermon. You can read the whole thing in Acts chapter 2, but this is how he concludes it in verse 36. He says, therefore, let all the house of Israel, because he's preaching to Israel, he says, like, let the whole town know, let the whole country of Israel, let all the people, God's chosen people of Israel, let them know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, who you have crucified both Lord and Messiah. And so these people were looking for Jesus. They were looking for a Messiah. They were looking for the person that the Old Testament says, hey, God's going to send this person. <coughs> the problem is, they didn't recognize Jesus as being that person. And so what did they do? They said, man, we want to put Jesus on the cross. We need to get rid of Jesus because he's claiming to be the Messiah, but we don't actually believe he is the Messiah. And Peter says, you need to understand the dude that you just killed is actually the one that God sent to save you from your sins. And here's the beautiful part. It says, when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And they said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, brothers, what should we do? It says when they heard this, they realized, oh man, we actually killed the Messiah. Like we put him on the cross. Now you need to understand, Jesus, knowing all things from the beginning, had the plan to die for our sin. But these people were in full support of killing this man, not because he would save them, <coughs> because they believed he was nothing. And then they realize he wasn't nothing, he was actually everything. He was the promise that God sent to save man from their own sin. And he was the one that makes us right with God. It says they are pierced with the heart, and then they ask this question, brothers, what should we do? Now here's the beautiful part. <clears throat> that many of you have been in this place. That if you have come to know Jesus, it started with you being in this place. This summer, many of you were in this place where you, some of you this summer have come to know Jesus, where you came to a place, you heard the gospel, you were pierced to the heart, and you asked a leader, you asked a parent, you asked someone, you said, what should I do? Like, what do I do now? I know the truth of Jesus, what do I do? I was... Personally, I was seven years old when I asked this question. I was sitting in Awanas, and this guy named Ray Pereira was standing up front, and he was preaching the gospel <coughs> in Awanas. If you don't know what it is, it's like a little Bible study that happens midweek and, and for kids. And I'm in there, and he's like, hey, if anyone wants to know who Jesus is as their Savior, why don't you come on up front? Now, believe this or not, I, I actually didn't like to be up front, and I was like, no way. Like, there's no way I'm walking up there. But I knew, like in that moment, I had been pierced to the heart. And I knew, man, I need a Savior. But I didn't want to go. And so I come home, and thankfully, like, I was blessed with, with parents who knew Jesus and who loved Jesus. And so I remember vividly laying in the bottom bunk of my bunk bed, and my mom's tucking me in as a seven-year-old. And I tell my mom, 
I, I want to know Jesus. What do I do? And it was in that moment that my mom told me and led me to know who Jesus was. It was then that I asked God to be my king. It was in that moment that I was adopted into his kingdom. It was in that moment that his laws became mine, that his mission became mine, that his kingdom became my resting place. It was in that moment that he wasn't just God. He was now my king. And that I was a part of his kingdom. My identity was changed. Now, if you've ever heard me talk about how I've walked with Jesus, what you know is there's a lot of times in my life where I looked back and I said, man, I want to kind of live in the old kingdom. I want, to, I want to go back to the old ways. And God, being so faithful and so good and so loving, would say, no, 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 Caleb, you're part of this kingdom. Like, I'm going to pull you back. I'm going to pull you back. And sometimes there's really hard events, and he brought me to really hard moments to say, dude, I'm telling you, this kingdom is not yours anymore, that you are dead to that sin. You're dead to that way of life. I'm calling you to my kingdom, to live in my kingdom and be about my mission. And often I tried to live like I was dry. And he says, no, no, I've soaked you with the Spirit. Like, you're mine. And I've called you to be mine. So you have to walk with me. Come walk with me. And the beauty of his kingdom is there is joy in his kingdom. And there is life in his kingdom. That there is hope in his kingdom. <coughs> and in that moment when I was seven years old, my mom's direction was very similar to Peter's direction. These men, they look at Peter and they say, dude, what do we do? And this is what Peter says. He replied, repent and be baptized, <coughs> each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. It's what Jesus told them to do. He says, tell them about their new identity and then teach them how to walk into it. He says, it's a, it, it, and so he tells them, he says, man, I'm calling you to repent. This is a call for a life direction change. A definition of repentance that I like to use um, is, this right, <laughs> is this right here. It's a change in direction to do um, the opposite. To change direction and then to do the opposite. So the way I think about this um, is like if you were someone who likes a ton of junk food. Like you just eat junk food all the time. Like candy is like what you eat for breakfast kind of a person. That's me actually. I don't, but I wish I did. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of chocolate. Like I love it. So if you're a junk food eater and you're in here and you're like, you know what, I want to eat healthy. And so what you decide to do then, this is often how we think of repentance. What, we, what you decide to do then is you say, okay, I'm just not going to eat anything anymore. I'm just going to stop eating junk food. I'm just going to stop eating. It'll be fine. I don't need to eat any more junk food. I'm going to be healthy. But if you do not replace the junk food with healthy food, you actually become more unhealthy than just eating the junk food because now you're eating nothing. And so either way is a bad option. In order for you to get healthy, you have to stop eating the junk food and then replace the junk food with healthy food. 
And so when, when we are called in God's word to repent, what he's telling you is he's saying, I'm not just calling you to say like, hey, stop doing what you're doing and don't have a life. He's saying, I'm calling you to stop living for the world and instead replace it with healthy habits. Replace it with right attitudes. Replace it with right priorities and right actions. Replace it with, with right motives and the right mission. He says, man, I'm calling you to repent of living only for you. And would you take my mission as your mission? And would you live for me? He says, and that's where you find joy. And that's where you find life. And then he says, repent and then be baptized. This is an important step in you and me living for the right thing. The way I think about baptism is this act of living outwardly and physically what Jesus is doing inwardly and spiritually. I'm going to say that one more time. It's going to show up on the screen. Baptism is when you live outwardly and physically what has happened inwardly and spiritually. <coughs> he says, man, I'm calling you to repent from your sin, that you would walk in your new identity with Jesus, and then you would show the rest of the world what Jesus has done inwardly and spiritually by living it outwardly and physically. For these people, being baptized in the name of Jesus would be a life-changing thing for them. Not because there's something special about the water, not because something super natural was going to happen when they got dunked and they came back up, but rather because the message that they were going to send to the rest of the culture, to the rest of the town, to the rest of the people who were not okay with Jesus, that for them it was going to set them apart, that it would give proof to all people that know them that Jesus had changed their life forever. That they were forever changed. It wasn't for them what saved them. And for you and me, it's the same. Like, I need you to hear this. Baptism does not save you. It is tap water in a big bucket that you get dipped in and pulled out of. It's just tap water. Like, it's, it's not bottled water poured in. Like, it's sink water poured in a big bucket. For them, it wasn't what saved them from their sin, but rather what baptism is was evidence that they had been saved from their sin. It was the message to everyone, my identity is different because of Jesus. That I'm living in repentance <clears throat> and I'm walking it out in baptism. <coughs> that it always comes after someone has placed their faith in Jesus. After someone has been given a new identity. And I really believe that Jesus says, man, I'm calling you to be baptized. I need you to hear this too as a gift. That it's a gift for you and me that we get to live out physically what Jesus has done inwardly and spiritually. Like it's a gift. Like you get to show and live it out and experience, man, this is what happened to me. <coughs> I, was, I was dry in my sin and now the Spirit of God overflows like a living well that, I, that I'm running over. 
that I have new life. When they asked the question, what should we do? Peter answered. He says you should repent, turn from what you're doing, and pursue Jesus. And you should be baptized. And they knew it was what they should do. 3,000 men, maybe in women, 3,000 people in that moment came to place their faith in Jesus. But Peter preached this sermon. They said, what do we do? We're pierced to the heart. We realize who Jesus is. And he says, trust him. And then live it out physically. What's happened spiritually. And 3,000 people were added to their number that day. They knew what they should do. The question tonight is not, did they know what they should do? The question tonight is, do you know what you should do? The question is, if you are a follower of Jesus, what should you do? What is He calling from you? Have you come to know Jesus, but have not been baptized? I would say He's calling you to an important step of obedience. And is baptism what you should do as you continue to follow Him? This went against their culture, but it signified to everyone, that they were living for something different. That new life had begun. And for some of you, the question of baptism might be a little too early. See, I believe there's two people, two kinds of people in this room. I don't care your background, your, your culture, your ethnicity, I don't care any of that. There's two kinds of people in this room. Doesn't matter your age or what school you go to, there's two people. There's people who know Jesus as Savior, and there's people who need to know Jesus as their Savior. That's the only kind of people in this room. There's people who know Him as their Savior, and there's people who need to know Him as their Savior. <clears throat> and for those of you in here who you have not known Jesus as your Savior, the question is. Or rather, as you consider if you do know, the question is, has new life begun in you? Has new life begun in you? Like maybe the question of baptism is too early. Has new life begun in you? And if it has, are you following Him in obedience? And you would say, hey, an important step is to be baptized. And if it hasn't, you need to understand if you do not know Jesus and new life has not begun in you, you should know that the invitation is open to you. That there is a God who loves you so much who though we live in a sinful and broken world, He looks at our world and is not pleased with it because He did not create it to be sinful and broken. But rather, our own actions have created a sinful and broken world. Yet God, in His deep 
love for you and me looked and said, man, your sin is leading you to death. Your sin deserves death. So here's what you need to understand. You need to understand how much I love you. And here's how much I love you is that I don't want you to have to pay for your sin, but rather I would want to pay for it for you. So what am I going to do? I'm going to send the thing that is most valuable to me. I'm going to allow my son to pay the price for your sin. That whoever would believe in him (coughs) would not have to face the punishment for their sin. But instead, you and me, we would experience new life through Jesus, the Son of God. He says, that is how much I love you. That I would, even in your brokenness, restore you in your relationship back to me. But this is what he says to the believer. And then I want to send you back into the broken world. That you would be a light in the brokenness. That you would be a light in the hardship. That you would be hope to the hopeless. That they would know me through you. And so there's two types of people. There's those who know Jesus and have been saved. And there's those who need to know Jesus. And so here's what I'm going to do tonight. If you're in this place and you have not been baptized, but you feel in these moments like, man, I want to follow Jesus in obedience. I want to walk this out. I recognize it doesn't save me. God doesn't think either more highly of me or, or lesser of me based on whether I get baptized or not. No, no, God says, I approach you in your sin. Like, in your filth is when I said, dude, I love you so much. And so there's nothing you're going to do to make me love you more. But if you're in here and you're like, man, I want to follow Jesus in obedience. Can you go to that final slide? Then you need to understand, like, this is an opportunity for in front of, you, in front of your church family, in front of the student ministry, in front of your own family, <coughs> to testify Jesus has made me a new creation. Let me demonstrate that through obedience. But if you're in here and new life has not begun, and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know if I have a time where I said, yes, I, Jesus, I want to know you. And Jesus, I want to abandon my own old way of life. And I want to know what you have for me. And I want to live in your kingdom and your mission. And, and I want to be your child. And, and I want you to be my heavenly father. Like, I want to live that identity. I want to know that identity. The invitation's open. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang out. Um, actually, I'm going to hang out in the back right over there as soon as we're done. And if that's you and you're like, man, I want to know who Jesus is. Man, I would encourage you, just, let's just talk. Let's just pray through that. And, and I want to introduce you to Jesus. That it's your, your opportunity, no pressure, no whatever. You'll play Nerf War afterwards or whatever. But it's an opportunity for you. And so right now, I'm just going to pray. I'm going to pray for wisdom for you. I'm going to pray for courage for you. I'm going to pray that the Holy Spirit would be moving in you, not just in baptism, but that we would be people who would walk with Jesus in obedience in every moment and in every aspect of our life. That we would be able to be a family and a body of believers who loves our community well, who loves the middle schoolers in this area well, who loves our neighbors well. Will you pray with me? God, we love you. And we are so thankful that you would send Jesus for us. And so, God, we, um, 
we recognize that we are uh, sinful people, but God, you have, have loved us deeply. God, would you give my friends in this room not a spirit of fear, because that's not the spirit you've put in us, but a spirit of power and a spirit of courage, and a spirit of boldness to live out your truth among their friends and their family and when no one's looking. God, would you, would you give them wisdom in that beyond their own experiences and beyond their own um, teaching and, and learning? And, and God, would, would they be people who expand your kingdom in this world as you send us into the brokenness? God, for those in here that new life has not begun in them, that they don't know you, God, would you give them courage to, to walk that out? For those that, that you're just calling them and they know it even in these moments, Lord, would, would you give them courage to say, yeah, I, I want to I know you, Lord, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the steps to do that. <clears throat> As they spend time in your word, would you lead them to truth? to understand, would you protect them spiritually and emotionally and mentally and physically? And God, would you lead them? We love you so much, and we thank you so much for this night. Would you continue to bless it? Thank you for your word and your truth. In Jesus' name, amen.